0: Welcome to Backup Fantasy Sports. Today is February 7th, 2021. It's the Super Bowl today on Sunday, which means that tomorrow is the official start of fantasy baseball season. Today, we're gonna get into the Nolan Arenado trade to the St. Louis Cardinals, yikes. The Trevor Bauer sign to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hello, LA. And we're gonna get into all of the free agents left on the market. Hello! Welcome to today's episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. It is February 7th, which means it is the Super Bowl tonight. And that means that we can officially put fantasy football in the rearview mirror and focus on fantasy baseball. All of the memes with the distracted boyfriend are going to be flying over social media tonight. So let's get a head start on this Monday. That's when it's going out. We're going to talk so much baseball. Very excited. I'm your host, Ewan Leith. You can follow me on Twitter at UN or U Out, E-U-A-N or U Out. So we're going to get right into it here with the Nolan Arenado trade to the St. Louis Cardinals. Yikes. If you are a Rockies fan, you may want to tune out. Um, you gave up Nolan Arenado and $51 million for four prospects that I did not totally know about you got austin gombert he's a 27 year old 2016 fourth round pick out of florida atlantic um pretty good last year 1.86 era 1.172 whip 3.54 whip so he pitched a little above his head but it was 14 games four starts so nothing to worry about there i would say he um Scouts say that he should come out of the bullpen, might be a fourth or fifth starter in the future, but yeah, he is kind of the headliner. There's a Lawrence Montero, he's a 22-year-old third baseman, apparently he has big power. In 2018, he hit 315, 371, 504 with 16 home runs in 531 plate appearances. Yep, it's Coors Field, so if you can hit the ball a long way, you're probably going to be pretty good eventually. He could be someone to watch in the future in Dynasty Leagues. He is a third baseman. Um, the Rockies just traded a third baseman, so they will have a spot there eventually. But you've got Brandon Rogers, Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon, all kind of those top-tier prospects that the Rockies have been holding down or holding back for... Oh, Pre-corona days. That's a long time. Like, since the Obama administration, probably. So, you also got Mateo Gill, Tony Losey, and Jake Somers. Um, yeah, not a lot. So, obviously, the headliner of the deal is Nolan Arenado. He um, is kind of good, guys. Five-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Gloves, four-time Silver Slugger, four-time Platinum Glove. Um... Obviously, leaving Coors Field, not great for someone like Nolan Um, He obviously does way better at home than he does on the road, as most Rockies do. But for fantasy, on Fantasy Pros, his ECR, his expert consensus ranking is 27 right now, which is a third rounder in 12 team leagues, which is what we'll mostly talk about. And his ADP is actually higher than that, 25. So he's going right at the 2-3 turn. But leaving Coors Field, that's going to probably plummet. Right now, he's the fourth third baseman off the board. Anthony Rendon just moved ahead of him this week. But he could definitely fall behind Alex Bregman and Rafael Devers, especially in Fantasy Pro's ADP. Um, On the other main website, NFBC tournaments, which... Um, they do a ton of stuff, but they're kind of 15-team roto oriented He is the 31st pick, so he still did the 2-3 turn in those kind of leagues, 15-team leagues, but um, that has dropped drastically since the trade actually went down or was first announced last Friday on January... Ooh, what was that? January 29th. So since February 1st on NFBC, he is a adp of 48 which is right there at the beginning of the fourth round yeah seventh third baseman off the board behind jose ramirez manny machado dj lemayu alex bregman anthony Rendon, and rafael devers um Bregman, rendon devers arenado are all actually within that 40 to 48 range but yeah it seems like People are getting off of Nolan Arenado now that he is no longer in Coors Field. So he's not in Coors Field. We get it. He was really good there. Everyone knows that he was a perennial first rounder in all fantasy baseball drafts for like the last four seasons, at least, I think, with just probably because he was playing 81 games in Coors Field. So and then everyone points to the downturn. Um, For the cat meow in the background, that was probably my co host, Oscar. He does not like being ignored. So he may make background appearances during the podcast. But anyway, so I did a deep dive into Nolan Arenado's splits, Home and Road. But everyone always talks about the coming down effect from Coors Field, how it takes a while for Rocky's hitters to adjust from. Coming from Denver, Colorado, Mile High City. Great place. Used to live there. Fantastic. You can, my golf shots went way further up there. So I totally get it. But, so everyone talks about the come down effect. So what I did was I went all the way through Arnato's game logs from 2015 to now. And I eliminated on every road trip. I took the second or third series from that road trip. So every road trip he went on, I eliminated the first series as a come down effect, quote unquote, and just went through all the game logs to see what he was doing. So here we go. In 2015, he slashed 279, 299, 550 for an 849 OPS. That was 41 games. That's not a small sample size. It's not a big sample size, but it's not a small sample size either. He had 10 home runs, 23 RBIs. So this is all on the road. Um, is that a first rounder? 850 OPS? Probably not. But anyway, let's keep going. 2016, he had 40 games of these second, third road trip series. He slashed 299, 360 OBP, and a 487 slugging for a 847 OPS. So not too different. Slugging came down. OBP went way up. Batting average went up 20 points. Not bad. Um, moving on to the next year. he In 2017, he had a 280 batting average, 358 OBP, and a 5.10 slugging. Better than last year. Not better than 2015, but an 867 OPS. 2018, 859 OPS, 2019, 839 OPS. And then last year, there were only eight games because of the shortened season where this whole weird math stuff I did. um, Yeah. Uh, He had 1153 OPS because he hit five home runs or five doubles, sorry, in eight games. So that highly elevated slugging His OBP and his batting average. So in total, so since 2015, he's played 214 of these second and third series on the road games, and his average is 290, 354, 511 slugging, and an 865 OPS. That seems kind of good to me. I don't mind that at all. I wouldn't. Take him in the first round or the second round? Probably not the third round, but obviously that ADP is going to drop with more people figuring out that they don't want a Nolan Arenado that's not in Coors Field. However, so I rated all those stats. It was 214 games, but for a full season uh, per 162 games, he had 38 home runs, 125 RBIs, And a, yeah, 865 OPS. So that was great. That's kind of cool. 38 home runs is really good. Um, I would take that actually in the third round now that I'm looking at these numbers more closely. But um, it's nothing, nothing's guaranteed, obviously. And this year is going to be super weird for Arenado. He's kinda of had a down year in total last year, so small sample size, 60 games. So obviously, people want to bring him down for that. That are trying to prove that he's no longer what he's gonna be. I would still take the risk on him in the th- at the end of the third round. If he drops that far, easily take him in the fourth round because we know the ceiling, that's in cores, sure. But these numbers that I put together here, like, yeah, if I can get that in the fourth round, I'm probably going to take it. So we just talked about one star leaving the NL West to go to the NL Central. And now we're going to talk about a guy that was great in the NL Central last year heading to the NL West. That's right. Trevor Bauer finally made his decision and he is not going to the New York Mets. That was kind of a crazy 24 hours on social media. Everyone seemed pretty sure that he was going there, and that he was selling Matt's hats online. But regardless, Brower, 2020 Cy Young winner, is now heading to the West Coast to go hang out with Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller and Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. Oh, it's about time the Dodgers got some talent, so... As the 2020 World Series champions, they should be in a prime position to repeat this year. Um, It took them a long time to get the first one, and it might not take as long to get that second one that they've been waiting so long to get back on top of the baseball world. Anyway, back to Bauer. So last year, obviously, he was in Cincinnati, and he was going against only the NL Central and the AL Central because of the setup in Major League Baseball with the 60 games. He was really good. But was he as good as the Dodgers gave him that 3-year 102 million dollar deal where he's going to make 40 million this year, 45 million next year, and then he's probably going to opt out after that and make a cool 27 million in the last year of his deal. But he has an opt out after this year and next year. And yeah, he's um a pretty good picture. Obviously, he's a 2020 Cy Young winner. Um, He was traded to Cincinnati in 2019 at the deadline, and um, he did wonders for them. They didn't get where they wanted to go, and they didn't want to re sign him, obviously, but Bauer did what he did, and he got his money. So in 2017, he had a 173 ERA. uh, 0.79 0.79 whip and 100 strikeouts and 73 innings. He had a 288 FIP and a 327 X FIP. So, as is the case with most Cy Young winners, he pitched over his head. That doesn't mean he's not a bad pitcher. I just don't think fantasy managers should be expecting a 173 ERA, especially going to the NL West, especially playing all of the higher competition. Um, NL Central has some good teams. AL Central has some good teams, but he avoided the entire East and the entire West, um, including his new teammates, the Dodgers. So that'll be great. Doesn't have to pitch against them. So we'll see how it goes this year when he has to not totally beat up on NL Central teams, but he should still be good. He is currently the 15th overall pick the sp4 on fantasy pros um the ecr is 18 overall still the sp4 and and then on nfbc he is also uh the sp4 he's 14th overall he's just ahead i think it's actually trevor bauer you darvish walker buehler back to back to back picks on nfbc so in a 15-team rotor league he's right on the cusp of a first round pick um starting pitching value has gone crazy high in fantasy baseball. I remember when I first started playing in like 2008, um, I won a lot of leagues just going with hitting and filling in the rest because it was pretty easy to get bad pitchers and just fill up your roster that way. But now, um, you really need two or three or four would be great. Like stud pitchers to get you through the season. Um, Injuries happen all the time, and you just never know. Uh, There's prospects coming up every day, but obviously the old saying is there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. So Zach gallon has been great, but it doesn't happen all the time. So yeah, Trevor Bauer, top-five pitcher, lock him in. Nothing bad to say about him there. Just a couple of things, though. Last year, like I said, 173 RA, 288. VIP 325 X VIP. He had a 90.9% left on base rate. That's high. I don't need to explain that to you. That is way above league average. Yeah. And he also had a career low BABIP of 215. He's actually had a pretty low BABIP for his career, but Still, 215, crazy low. You're not going to see that every year. You're probably not going to see that two years in a row. That's going to go up a little bit. That means he's going to... His ERA is going to go up. His whip's going to go up. Uh, he's going to probably pitch two or three times in course. He's probably going to pitch two or three times in Arizona. Revenge game, by the way. Drafted in 2011 by Arizona. So... The top three are Bieber... DeGrom, Cole, whatever order you want to put them in. Bauer at four. I'm not gonna argue with anyone who wants to take him there. It's a little scary for me. Um, The last three seasons, the thing about Trevor Bauer is he is a fascinating fantasy pitcher because you can look at him either way. To go back to the OG of fantasy, Matthew Barry. He does an article every year where you can, he does player A does all these good stats and player A, player B does all these awful stats. And then he always tells us that it's the same player. It's kind of the deal with Trevor Bauer. Um, On one side, in two of the last three seasons, he's had a 2.21 ERA or lower. That's great. Love that. Or on the other side, you can say that he's had above a 4.18 ERA in five of his last seven seasons. Not good. There are a ton of arguments you can make about Trevor Bauer. Um, it I like that he's staying in the NL, obviously. Um, as of right now, February 7th, there is no universal DH in the NL, so getting pitchers... Back in the lineups that increases his strikeout chances, his um, not gonna face great hitters as often, not one through nine. Not that the NL Central or the AL Central was really offering much competition in the eight or nine spot, but his division is interesting. Obviously, we just talked about Arenado just left the Rockies, so they might not be the greatest offense. You never really know with Arizona. The Giants were really good last year, but um it seems like he played there they as a team kind of played above their head. Um it would be fun if they were good again. I mean, love the Giants. Um love to see that stadium full and exciting baseball happening in the Bay Area. But they could definitely go back, but the Padres are going to be considered their main competition. Machado, Tatis, their eight outfielders for the three outfield spots. It's going to be one of those things where they could be good, they could be bad. 60-game season, everything's kind of crazy. But with Fangraphs, they have Bauer currently projected... Anywhere from a 3.6 ERA to a 4.02 ERA, depending on which projection you look at. That was done this weekend. The news of him signing came out Friday night. So those could change going forward. But yeah, Bauer as the SP4, not going to argue with it, but I might just pass over him. There are other hitters in that area that I prefer. And if I'm at... That 1-2 turn, hoping that Cole or Bieber drop that far. And I know he wants to pitch every fourth day or whatever, and he's probably going to make a ton of starts because he has that rubber arm. But I might just pass over Bauer this year. i would probably going to have him one or two leagues, but I won't expose myself that much to him just because I think there's a little higher risk than usual that he could tinker his way out or come back to earth. Like we were saying, five of seven seasons with a 4.18 ERA or higher, and that is not what you want from a second round pick. So I um, didn't say this at the top, but I actually live in Stuttgart, Germany right now. And sometimes when you live overseas and in a different time zone than most of the American sports are going on, you miss stuff. So I was putting my rundown together for this inaugural backup fantasy sports podcast, and I have a remaining free agent section, and that's where I put Marcelo Zuna. And then I was going through final checks, and wow, lo and behold, it looks like he has signed a four-year deal with the Atlanta Braves, which well-deserved. He was An absolute monster last year. He slashed 338, 431, 636 with 18 home runs in 60 games. Um, Yeah, that'll do. No DH as of right now, like we mentioned, in the National League, so he will have to play a lot more in the field. Um, Hopefully that doesn't impact his bat too much. I know that... Him being a universal DH would be great for the Braves, but they will have to make some sacrifices if they want to. They're going to get him in the lineup with a deal like that. Um, For Azuna, his bat was awesome. They went to the playoffs. Uh, his teammate, Freddie Freeman, won NL MVP, and you probably could have made an argument that Azuna could have been right there with him. So that kind of took the headliner off of where... I was going to lead off with the remaining free agents. Next guy I have up. So I'm going off of MLB They had, um, a ton of free agents to pick from, but kind of just the remaining super big names. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka went back to Japan, but one guy still in the market is Justin Turner. Um, guy of much controversy at the end of the baseball season last year. um, but he um latest I've seen is he has four teams in running. Uh the Dodgers. I'm sure they would welcome him back with open arms. The Toronto Blue Jays. Yep, I'm as surprised as you are that the Blue Jays are in on someone for the one millionth time this offseason. Um one mystery team, and then the interesting team here is the Brewers. Um that would be interesting because they just signed Colton Wong. Wong. And um, according to Roster Resource, which is on Fangraphs now, uh, Wong would lead off, but he would play second. And it looks like the Brewers would move Casting Hira at first. Um, talked to a Brewers fan the other day, and he said, LOL, no way Hira moves too short. They got to play him at first now. Which, Sure. That's fine. His bat probably is going to keep him in the lineup no matter what. He didn't have a great 2020 after kind of capturing the fantasy baseball world. Um, He vaulted up draft boards before 2020, and then there was the stoppage, and then things got all weird. So I'm going to bet on the talent of the 24-year-old that he will get his bat back but anyways, with him not at second now, um, he'll, be, he'll be moved to first. And then that leaves the Brewers with Orlando Arcia at short and Luis Urias at third. Uh, the Brewers, they traded for Urias um, in 2019. And he could play third. But uh, Justin Turner's bat would be a lot better at third than Urias's. Right now, Fangrass has uh, Urias projected for a 246, 331, 386 slugging. That's not going to light the world on fire. The Brewers, they have some room in their payroll um, to get Turner. But is Turner interested in money or does he want to try to go back to L.A.? And win another World Series ring. Or, I mean, if the Blue Jays are still in play, that would be awesome. Um, it would get really crowded in Toronto's infield if Turner went there. They um, they signed George Springer. That's awesome. But they've got pretty much Bo Bichette locked in at short. they got Kevin Biggio. They've got Rowdy Telez they got uh, this one guy called Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Don't know if you've heard of him. He's pretty good. And uh, they signed Marcus Semyon as a free agent as well. So they've been making moves all offseason. Turner would be really interesting in that lineup. I don't really know where he would slot in because they've got Teoscar Hernandez as well, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., that he could go anywhere, and he would probably produce a ton of RBIs. And I'm sure he'd love hitting in Toronto. Um, they don't have a ton of bench depth, but I'm sure that would make a lot of Rowdy Teles Truthers sad if Turner signed there. One other guy is um, well, two more guys to go. One is Jackie Bradley Jr. Um. In, oh, when was that? Must have been October. I actually wrote an article for Primetime Sports Talk projecting that he, the Astros should target him. They haven't made a ton of moves. Obviously, they lost Springer, but they brought Brantley back, so that's great. Um, And they've got Kyle Tucker there too. But Jackie Bradley could easily man center field there at Minute Maid Park. That would be nice. The only problem is he apparently wants a contract for at least four years. And his agent is, uh, Scott Boris, I believe. Uh, and I don't know how much hardball they're going to play with that. His bat isn't that great. And he's had a couple of spikes here and there, but it's nothing to really write home about. Um, the Mets, the Cubs, the Phillies, and oh my goodness, the Toronto Blue Jays have also all been interested in him. But maybe the Mets, that would be kind of interesting. They have some power in their lineup, and that defense would be great there in City, city Field. Um, but I don't really know where Jackie Bradley should go. I don't see him going to Toronto there. They seem (laughs) pretty set everywhere would not be. Well, save that for the preview show, I guess. Um, and the last guy I've got on my list here is James Paxton. He held a showcase on December 20th, but there hasn't really been any traction since then. Last season was a little bit of a disaster. 6.64 ERA, 1.475 whip. But he did have a 4.37 fit, so not as bad as the ERA appears. Um, Obviously, he's been pretty injured. He's never made 30 starts in a season, and he has only pitched 160 and one-third innings in 2018, and that's his career high. So where would he go? Um I mean, back to New York would be awesome. He's not been too bad there from 2014 to 2019. He had an ERA between 2.98 and 3.9 every year. So he can handle Yankee Stadium plenty. Um, There are other pitching teams. I mean, the Dodgers love to just use eight guys in their five-man rotation all the time, but... It's a little surprising that no one has gone after James Paxton, to be honest. Um, maybe they're just waiting. Maybe he. Teams are still waiting to see what they've got in spring training. He could be a late addition. Um, it's like two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting, which is awesome. Very excited for fantasy baseball this year. Um, but as it is Super Bowl Sunday, um, I will just say that when you're listening to this, we will either have found out that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback or sorry, most accomplished quarterback of all time, or that Tom Brady is even more the most accomplished quarterback of all time. Um, I'm going to have a bias against Kansas city here. I kind of think they're turning into the warriors of the NFL. A lot of, uh, new shiny Kansas City hats going around the world, even here in Stuttgart, Germany. So I'm going to say the Bucks win 31-27, which, yeah, put that out there. So that's how we will end the first episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. Thanks for watching. I'll be back next week.